Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. I want to answer some questions regarding spiritual leaders and moral failure. We're going to be looking at 2 Samuel 11 and 12. Christians are often shocked when spiritual leaders fail morally. It should not happen, but it does. It should not be shocking when it does happen. We're all sinners capable of any sin known to mankind because we still retain the vestiges of the sin nature within us. The Bible gives examples of such failure at King David, Abraham, Judah, and others. There are also examples of near failure, like Joseph and Potiphar's wife, or David's averted destruction of the household of Nabal. There are some important questions we need to ask when faced with the failure of a person in spiritual leadership. The example of David in 2 Samuel 11 and 12 and Psalm 51 gives us some guidance and answers. First, what does repentance look like? David is an example of both the unrepentant and repentant sinner. His response to his adultery with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11 was to try to fix it himself, to cover it up. He committed adultery and then attempted to concoct a plan to deceive Uriah into accepting the resulting child as his own. When that did not work, David murdered Uriah to cover up his sin. It's easy for us to imagine David's motivation. He did not want to be disgraced in the eyes of his nation and his family, who looked to him as not only a leader but a man of God. He wanted to fix it for the greater good. But fixing it, even for the greater good, is not repentance. The child was his. The adultery was his. This was a crisis for David, yes, but also for Bathsheba, for Uriah, for the royal family, for the priesthood, and the spiritual leaders of the nation. But it would not go away by covering it up. However, when David was confronted by Nathan in Second Samuel 12, he finally saw himself and repented. Yes, David was caught. He did not self-report. And in cases where there is no self-reporting, the sincerity of true repentance is justifiably doubtful. But reading the prologue to Psalm 51, we find the evidence of David's true repentance. This prologue to Psalm 51 says this, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him, after he had gone into Bathsheba, Psalm 51 is a prayer of repentance, and the title of the prayer of repentance identifies David's sin. David wrote this, sent it to the chief musician so that the entire nation could sing with solemnity about the sin of their king and his moral failure. That kind of openness is a sign of true repentance. But how could a person who is a spiritual leader sin like this? Well, any person can commit any sin. People who are in ministry are often particular targets of Satan because their sin does more damage to the cause of Christ. When we walk in the flesh, we do the works of the flesh. Romans seven twelve through 25 describes such a struggle in the life of a believer. Ananias and Sapphira were struck dead because of their sin in Acts chapter 5. They were no doubt believers. There are many ways even true believers allow themselves to be entrapped. The real testimony to the grace of God is that the Holy Spirit does change and keep many, and he convicts us even in the depths of our sin. How could a person who is in sin talk about the Bible and tell others not to sin when he's doing it himself? 
<laughs> well, some don't talk about sin when they're in sin, and some do. There are different reasons. It's not like the person plans to be a hypocrite. They know the Bible is true, but they, then they've made sinful choices, and they get trapped between what they know to be true and how they're living. Sometimes they become more vocal as a way of covering up or preaching to themselves. Eventually, one of three results will happen for the person who believes and preaches holiness while living in secret sin. They cannot live in this spiritual cognitive dissonance forever. Some will deny their faith and continue in their sin. For those, they most likely never were true believers in the first place. Some will repent of their sin and turn back in shame to find forgiveness and restoration to their Lord. And for some, God will kill them and take them home to heaven, rather than let them continue living in a way that mocks the name of Christ. There is a sin unto death. Should I be discouraged because a person who is a leader sins? No, Christians sin. They did in Bible times, and they do today. No matter what we do, Christ is still on the throne. The real test for us is to respond biblically to sin. When people repent and sin is revealed, we should be encouraged that the Holy Spirit is at work purifying his church. Should I be sad because a person who is a leader sins? Well, yes, you should be sad. The Holy Spirit is grieved by our sins and the sins of others. Not only is it right to be sad, we should be saddened. We should never rejoice or feel like we are superior to someone else because they've sinned and we haven't. True love never rejoices in the sin of another, 1 Corinthians 13, 6. How can I trust people in spiritual leadership when someone does something like this? Well, why should your parents trust you after you lied to them? One of the things that we have to learn to do as human beings is trust one another. We also must not project the sins of one person onto other innocent people. Just because one man sins doesn't mean all men are unfaithful in their marriage, for instance. In the end, you will have to trust others because you trust God. Or you'll have to live in some remote cabin in the middle of the woods all your life and not come into contact with anyone. But God has designed us to have a need for other Christians. He gave us spiritual gifts so that we can minister to one another. In order to be what we need to be in Christ, we need to live in a relationship with other believers and trust other believers, even if some sin. Well, what should my attitude toward a repentant sinner be? Well, you should be sad for him and his family. David was received and loved by his people after his sin with Bathsheba, but his family and the nation paid a terrible price. They were all feeling hurt deeply by this. While love and welcome are appropriate, the sin itself should never be treated as trivial, and the lasting consequences should never be ignored. You should pray for the sinner and for his family. Pray that he will be truly repentant, that God will show him grace, and that he will walk in a way that is pleasing to God from here forward. Is there anything that I should learn myself because of the fall of others? Well, yes. Sin causes sorrow, destruction, and huge consequences. Sin has significant consequences for yourself and those around you. The older you get and the more responsibilities you take on, the more significant those consequences are. The entire nation suffered because of David's sin. Like Joseph in his rejection of Potiphar's wife, consider the consequences of your choices and run away. Every sin has consequences that we cannot possibly imagine. In Joseph's case, if he had fallen to Potiphar's wife, 
he would have been truly guilty and his moral failure could have endangered the survival of his entire family because it was through Joseph that the family of Israel was preserved. Well, how should I act toward my fellow believers, you know, the innocent ones, when sin like this touches my church or community? Well, don't abandon them in your sorrow and your disgust. They need you and you need them. You should love one another and care for one another. Your spiritual leaders, your pastors and those who've been wounded by the failure of a colleague need your love. Tell them that you love them. Do the little things that will make their lives easier. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend podcast.